Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name's Sean Collier. I'm at the Southside Works party room with Darren Kleiber. Party! Got some Mr. Peabody and Sherman posters. I didn't even see a movie tonight. I've been out in the cold. Don't tell them that. Um, we're, no, we're gonna we're pulling back the curtain. We'll talk all about it. But Aaron saw a movie tonight, and a good one. It's called Selma. You thought we were gonna do a Taken Three episode? Nope. We got more more heavy shit for you. We're gonna tell you all about Selma. Uh, uh, one of let's just let's just blow it out and say one of the best movies of 2014. Absolutely. After after word from our sponsor, Goodyear. What? Huh? I hope so. All right, cool. Yeah, our new sponsor, uh, uh, Time Warner, <laughs> AIG, Wait, and Siemens. No, thanks. No, okay, never mind. Yeah, this I, week on... Sponsored by Aston Robbins. That's... Oh, see, we get, get some gift cards. This week on You Can't Handle the Truth. Recorded somewhere other than outside a theater, right after a screening, it's You Can't Handle the Truth. Honest reviews of the newest movies. It is You Can't Handle the Truth for Friday, January 9th, 2015, our first movie-based episode of the year. So, Happy New Year again. Movie-based episode? Oh, yeah, because... uh, Well, they're all movie-based. Right. Last week was a countdown. Our first single movie. Last week, if you want to check it out, our uh, top films of 2014. Yeah, we said top ten, but I, I gave like 30. You gave 27. Yeah. uh, And I had about 15. Right. So just top films of... Yeah. So check that out. That's on handlethetruthpodcast.com. I didn't know what picture to put, so I just put Matthew McConaughey. Can't can't go wrong. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. That's up right now, handlethetruthpodcast.com. Uh, but we're we, we're back to regular episodes. We're going to be doing a, an Oscar preview next yeah. month. But between now and then, talking about some movies, yeah. I wondered whether or not we were going to get a screening of uh, of Taken Three, uh, but we didn't, and yeah. that's probably for the best. Yeah, because what do you what are you going to say? Right, people keep getting taken. Right, and uh, this comes out. This is this is out today, and uh, this weekend I'm at the Dayton Funny Bone. Hey, early plugs. Yeah, yeah. Knock them out. Yeah. Going to be in Dayton, Ohio. What are you up who are to? You the, who are you there with? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't remember. All right. Uh, it's Some, Somebody funny, I'll tell you uh, that. Oh, it's with, it's with Jay Phillips. Okay. Funny guy. And, uh, and then if, uh, if, you're, if you're planning ahead, uh, January 22nd through the 25th, I'm at the Pittsburgh Improv with Tommy Davidson from A Living Color. So that's funny. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, the 10th, uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be in Hampton, Hampton, Pennsylvania, mm. the Hampton VFW. It's a fundraiser for something. I don't oh, know what. That's a terrible business. Hey, show. but, uh, the very funny Matt Wolfarth headlining that one. Funny. Uh, hey, you're going to be in Dayton, but I'm, I'm making my Ohio debut next Saturday, the 17th with a big set in East Palestine, Ohio. 
East Palestine. I heard there's some things going on there. I bet you there are. Like land-to-air missiles and stuff. Tom Usual will be on that show. Nice. A lot of comedy coming up. Cool. Uh, so, but, but we're here to talk about Selma. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw Selma a couple of weeks ago. I saw it uh, before, before the holiday break. Uh, if you if you did listen to the top ten episode, you'll know it was my number four for the year. Aaron, you had not seen it then. I've not seen it yet. Attended the screening tonight here at the Southside Works. Uh, let's just say, what, would it have been in your top ten if uh, we had, were doing this in reverse? <sighs> I'll, I'll have to say, um, I think absolutely it would be in my top ten. Um, I honestly think this might push Boyhood out of three. Yeah. Um, and I would put Selma at probably number three. And that means uh, Gone Girl is knocked out of the top ten. Sorry. We had a long conversation about what got that ten spot. The answer is none of them. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're... Gone Girl's still lost. Yeah, that's all right. It, yeah. It, Gone Girl was fine. Gone Girl's doing all right. Made some, They're fine. Made some money. David Fincher's good. wonder what... Do you know what... To, has he said what he's doing next? I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, know any. I, I know tons of stuff that's coming out this year, but it's all Jurassic World and Star Wars and yeah, all the big Avengers stuff is coming out. I mean, who knows what's Fast going on? Fast and the Furious, and this is the big year, man. This is the year with a million major tentpole releases, right? Uh, that we'll talk about later. They uh, probably won't be as good he's as he's doing. He's doing uh, uh, 2015, the reincarnation of Peter Proud. It's a man's life begins to unravel after his hauntingly familiar nightmares draw him towards a woman he has never met. That sounds a lot like a David Fincher movie, is, is what that sounds like. It does. Nobody's attached yet, um, at least according... Actor-wise? Yeah. That's going to get... It's delayed. a remake of a 70s film. That's not going to come out in 2015. Yeah, that's but, odd, right? But it'll be Finchery. Here, here, here's some extra content. I want my top three... Uh, film scores of 2014. Sure. Because number three was Gone Girl. Because any time... Yeah, so good. Anytime Trent Reznor's making I noise... I 100% agree. I, like, that's one... Well, so, we, we did talk about that a lot. Yeah. We talked about that in our last, you know, our top of 2014 episode. Social Network is a score that I, like, listened to, like, for fun. Huh. That almost... You know, once in a blue moon are they that good. Gone Girl 3, Gotta Go Birdman 2, just drums... Oh, so good. So unique. So good. I, I agree. Have, I have, I got the like for your consideration score CD for Birdman. It's just yeah. 20 minutes of drum noise. <laughs> and I, I, I put it on and I feel like confused and conflicted yeah. about everything. That's good. But uh, I think the title of, of, of the whole score for Birdman is called Homeless Man in Front of J.C. Penney's. Yeah, but, but Homeless Man in Front of J.C. Penney's that makes you go... That guy shouldn't be homeless. Yeah, why is he here? Uh, and number one, like number one on all my categories, is Interstellar because that was killer, amazing soundtrack. I gotta, I gotta get that. Yeah, I gotta oh, that's, so that. that's on Spotify. Is pull, it? Pull it up on Spotify. Of course, Spotify. It is. Of course yeah, it is. it's on there. Uh, but Selma, it's hard to even know where to go in on this because everything about it was good. I, I honestly, from top to bottom, I thought it was awesome. It was so good. Uh, it was shot well. Um, you know, I just tweeted that I was going to see Selma and that I was going to cry like a baby. Um, and I teared up a few times. I did because, you know, I, and I, and I, I don't want to relate it to 12 years a slave, but I, I do. It's just, it's just a matter of, 
I always get up. I get upset by this and also by 12 Years a Slave because I'm watching this and I'm like, people went through this. Yes. People had to live through this. And that is like human beings. That's ins- it, and it's ins- it's crazy to me. Well, coming off of that, we could talk about all of this. The, one of the reasons I like Selma so much, it really nails it on three levels. One is as a biopic, as a good biopic. Absolutely. They did hit on quite a few personal things about Martin Luther King. And it does that thing that we talk about all the time where it's not um, walk the line. Right. Just try to pack an entire right. life into a movie. I, and that, it shows you the person for a while, and then you understand them better. And I, I love that. Yes. I love that they took a... I, I wonder how how hard of a process it was to take the Selma mm-hmm. events and, 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 it, and it kind of encapsulate Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, but it made sense to me. It's it's hard to explain right now, mm-hmm. but it made a lot of sense of what it was. Well, that's the second level. You know, you have a biopic, but you also have a historical document, right? A movie about these marches right. and about what led up to them. Either one of those alone, either one of those alone, is the movie you expect. Right. You expect either an okay, well acted. Martin Luther King biopic, yeah. or a pretty good representation of a moment in history. Yeah. Instead, that's both of these, you know, firing on all cylinders. Right. And it's that the thing I say every now and then about his really good historical movies. You know, if your kids are old enough, you should be pulling them out of school to come see this movie. Yeah, you should definitely see this. Uh, and I know in the screener there was some kids there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's PG-13. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, is there... Uh, for swearing and violence. Yeah. Uh, well, Lyndon Johnson says the F word. Uh, which Throw one in there. Yeah, well, apparently, from from what I understand in history, that Lyndon Johnson had a nasty mouth. Oh, he, he's, his stuff is really good in uh, uh, The Butler. Oh, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Leah Schreiber is is Lyndon Johnson the Butler, and there's just long scenes of him like swearing out on the toilet. Yeah, that's, like he's sitting on the toilet yelling at his was, cabinet. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Wilkinson, uh, so uh, good, so so well. We'll, we'll get to the cast later because it's all all killer. But you have a biopic, you have a historical document, and then what you what you said a minute ago. People went through this. Yeah. Uh, the the number of ways that this parallels with 2014, mm. 2015 yeah. is stunning. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a counter-argument there. There's a big difference between the civil rights movement and uh, uh, Ferguson. But just in watching these, you know, powder keg racial clashes between... Right, yeah. The police and the people right. are, you know, I when I saw this a month ago, it was right in the middle of that. Right, right. Uh, and I, I couldn't believe that I was seeing a historically based movie yeah. that felt so immediate. Right. And you can't even plan that. When, right. when they greenlit this, nothing was going on. Right. But, um, man, I mean, you couldn't, if you made the movie today and... Got it done in three weeks. And I wonder if do you think they held, be do you more think, relevant. Do you think they held the release at all? 
Do you know that or not? No, well, I, I, I can't imagine because it's coming out right when it would. Right, it, it's yeah. coming out right in the kind of that key Oscar season. Right. So, um, and in fact, and, well, I'll tell you this, they, uh, they actually rushed it a little bit. Hmm. Um, that's why I didn't have a, a screener copy for you, a DVD copy, right. because they, they sent out emails saying we're not going to get them to you in time because they were right. working on this up until the middle of December. Wow. So it might have been the case that three months ago they were like, hey, this isn't done. Let's delay it middle of 2015 and do a right. big push then. And then they turned on the news and said, no, get it, get it to the theater. Right, absolutely. Just speculating. I don't have any... Sure, sure. Anything to back that up. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it it, it, it really did uh, resonate, and it was, it was, it was fascinating. It really, uh, you know, just watching, you know, uh, in this biopic, police officers all lined up like soldiers was pretty scary. Yeah. It's... And that was 1965. It's tough to talk about this without getting political, which is not what we're here to do no. at all. But just uh, in terms of context, sure, you know, uh, there's a, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of your Facebook uh, repliers are looking at. A lot of people tend to look at current events in kind of a short-sighted way. Sure. And to come and see something in 1965 yeah. that, you know, the the circumstances are different, but the conflict is very similar. Sure. Uh, and the events are very similar. Yeah. The, the, there's a key scene in the middle, and this isn't a spoiler because it's just history, there's a key scene where uh, a, a young man is killed by the police. Yeah. Um, and regardless of where you're coming from, watching that in December yeah. 2014, January 2015 is uh, a gut punch. Yes, absolutely. And really well, well done. Yeah. The director, what's her name? Ava uh, du- DuVarnay? Uh, yeah, that's, wow, you're pretty good. Well, I'm hearing a lot about movies right now. Yeah, Ava DuVarnay. Sounds about right. Uh Almost certainly going to get nominated, and and very cool that there's a real chance that there will actually be two female directors nominated in the same year, which probably has never happened before with uh, Angelina Jolie right. for Unbroken. If she gets in there as well, um, this is something we hit on a lot. But you know, this is this is one where you know a lot of people are like, oh, I can tell when it's a female director. You couldn't have told the you know if I hadn't told you that, you wouldn't have been like, no, that felt like it was. It's not like, oh, there's a woman's touch in the movie. No, it's just a really well-directed movie. You know, right now, this is go. It's 6.7 on IMDb. What? That's, that's Sean is bonkers. grabbing my phone out of my hand. Who, yes. are, who are these people? I don't know. IMDb, man. Old white people. 1,400 votes. That's going to that's gonna go oh, up yeah, when, that'll when, go up when to people 60, can 000. see it. Uh, we've talked about IMDb before. The, the, the people... The people commenting on IMDb uh, don't send me any emails. The people commenting on IMDb are people who no one else will listen to them talk about movies, who can't talk to their friends about movies. So Actually, they post a little this, review. this is very uh, interesting. Um, the first three uh, small reviews on IMDb mm-hmm. from, from people, um, they are saying that it's inaccurate. 
and two mm. people, the first out of the top three, two people say that um, that too much credit was given to Lyndon Johnson. And I actually thought that during the film, uh, mm. I mean, he in the film it made him seem like a big trailblazer. Uh, and I was curious about that. I was curious to think, like, really, was he? Because he was like a 70-year-old white man in 1965. I don't quite believe uh, that he was that, like, that much of a ad- yeah. advocate for what Dr. King was trying to do. I didn't buy that, actually. So that's very interesting that I see that people rated it very low based on that. And we're, uh, I, I, hate to, I hate to tell you, but neither of us are historians. Nope. So I don't. I mean, I know. An, I, I you, know you know a little bit more than I do. I know a little. I, I mean, I, I studied, you know, Dr. King in college, and I know his writings, and I know more of his spirituality side mm-hmm. of things, and I've just now uh, went back and, you know, in the recent couple months, been going back and reading some of his speeches and things like that. I have a book of his speeches, and. Uh, so, but I, I don't, I don't know a lot of the legislation stuff and that was kind of cool. It was kind of neat in the film. They have his, his inner circle talking about like legislation and like they're sitting around like congressmen, but they're in some lady's living room. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm more interested. I, there's gotta be a book Mm -hmm. about Dr. King's inner circle. There's got to be. Well, there's probably books about every one of them. Because I'm, I'm fascinated by that group of guys. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and I, this it, it isn't a spoiler, really, but, you know, the film kind of tells you what some of those guys went on to be. Mm-hmm. And these guys are mayors of Atlanta and congressmen for mm-hmm. 30 years. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really cool. And mm-hmm. so I'd really like to, like, that's the one thing that I want to do is read up on his inner circle. I think it's fascinating. The devil's advocate argument I'm coming up with to the Lyndon Johnson thing is, um, from a story perspective, and this is where, you know, this is where it gets Mm. tough because you need to tell a story. Right. But when you need to tell a story, sometimes the history gets fudged. Do you You, need, do you need, you need need someone, you need a reason why the governor in story bends. writing, in story writing, that's almost like the gatekeeper. Yeah, Lyndon Johnson was kind of the gatekeeper yeah. of the story. You know, he's not the one driving the action, but right. you know, they're they're so up against it in terms of the politics in Alabama. Right, uh, Tim Roth, who's like having a <laughs> having a dangerously good time as as the racist governor. Man, I should know was... his. What's that governor's name? George Wallace. Yeah, as yeah. as as George Wallace. Tim Roth was great too. He was phenomenal. Um but he's he's so you know like polite southern racist. Yeah. And so and he was so, he was very gentleman racist. Right. It was right. creepy. And Wasn't it creepy? Yeah. He was like I was like, ooh, this guy is evil. It's I mean, I knew that all I knew that already. Right. I mean from reading things about you know, him and Dr. King and segregation. And, I mean, he was a piece of shit. That's the weirdest kind of racism, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's just like these sickly sweet people. I th- I th- I'm not going to name the restaurant. I think about a restaurant I like a lot in New Orleans where it's the classiest, you know, uh, you know, white gloves and, you know, the most perfect environment ever. And then you think and you look around and it's like, 
none of the black people are allowed to talk. All all the people who are talking to me or handle or, or, or like dealing with me are white, and all the people pushing carts around and standing in the corner to carry a tray mm. are black. And 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 it's it's like that thing where you you real you wonder you want to ask why is it like that, and the answer is they've never thought about doing it any other hmm. way than that. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but no, I understand. What it's, you're it's it's a funny thing, and 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 you know, movies like Selma and performances like Tim Roth's, you know, illustrate that in a much more thorough way than to say there was. There were racists in the South, right? You know, well, it's the same thing as I, I mean Leonardo DiCaprio and Django. And Django. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was he was phenomenal, but he was just chilling. Yeah, I you mean, think Hateful Eight is going to actually come out this year? I don't know. They're saying December, but well, I know that it's back on. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. Man, Django was so good. He is. He is. Pulp Fiction is his best movie, but he is on his biggest hot streak. Yeah, he's been doing pretty well lately. Yeah. What are we talking about, Selma? Mm-hmm. Tim Roth. What was what the hell was the point I was making before we got to him? The story. So uh, uh, Wallace is so set in, you know, we're not going to allow this march. We're not going to give them anything. He even says, this is the way things are. Right. And that's how it's always been. I was and, like, oh, shoot. And from a story perspective, nothing is going to happen to sway that from King's camp. King and his people and even public sentiment and the news aren't going to move Wallace on that. Right. So you need someone to move Wallace forcefully. Right. So you need, you need the Johnson character to do that. Is that, uh, you know, am I excusing it, or does that kind of explain why? No, and I, and I will also say, the, the more I thought about it and uh, think about it now, I thought during the film, too, Johnson had a couple lines that I think, uh, I, I think that, I, I wonder, I want to read up on it, but I, I just had little, like, just thoughts or, like, maybe just guesses of what was going on. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you guys know how politics work... Um, you know, if a president or a party allows a huge group of people to now vote mm-hmm. and you make sure they're allowed to vote, mm-hmm. well, my friend, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, you know, uh, it's not a justification, but it explains why some of these southern states yes. where there were a ton of black people living yeah, uh, and a ton of of people who were engaged politically, right? Uh, you know, as much as yeah, the motivation was racism, but beyond that, Wallace and everyone knew that if all of the black people voted, they're gone in a second. Yeah. So you do need in this story a strong force like the president sure, to, to to intervene there. Um, you know, is there a disservice done there if you know? If someone watches the movie and thinks, oh, Johnson made that happen, yeah, but I don't know that anyone's going to watch this movie and think, wow, Johnson saved the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was a Democrat, but he was also, I mean, I'm, I'm looking up Johnson now. I mean, he was a senator in Texas for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious if he got party pressure. Um, 
It's interesting. And it's the same, I mean, like I we don't want to talk politics, but mm-hmm. it's also, you know, uh, why I feel like maybe Republicans are, are uh, what's the word, um, like uh, scattering or they're, what's the word? They're uh-huh. kind of running around trying to find possibly a female candidate. Or even a black candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's politics or politics. Yeah. You know, I'm just curious about that whole Lyndon Johnson thing based on some of the people saying it was inaccurate. Um, yeah. So, anyway. I thought we were going to go, like, hard on, on the, the 2016 presidential race there for a No. Minute. No, we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. Uh, it won't be Chris Christie anymore. We can say that. No. Because he danced like a, like a happy baby. Yeah, At right. a football game. <laughs> I swear that. I, I saw that and thought, you're not going to be president now. <laughs> not because he was cheering for a team that's not from his state, but because he looked like he just unwrapped a Wii U on Christmas morning and went in for an awkward group hug. It's like, that's not going to play well in Iowa. That's funny. Anyway. Uh, so, well, talking about historical accuracy, let me ask you this. You, you said you've been reading speeches recently and yeah. have spent some time with them. Yeah. Um, did you notice, uh, did you, uh, I'm, I'm playing a game here. Did kinda, you notice a problem with the speeches in this I kind of know what you're going to ask me, but I'm not really good at remembering things like that. I don't okay. remember song lyrics. Okay. I'm really good at remembering movie stuff because I've yeah. given that a lot of time. But other than that, like, it's, it's hard for me to, I mean, um, I went to school for theology, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember scripture passages. No, I'm the I, same I, way. I know maybe about, like, 10 or 15. I'm killing it on trivia crack right now, but oh, I'm other so, than that. I'm, I'm great on trivia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's just weird, senseless information. Well, what we're getting into but, is they, they uh, the, the makers of Selma did not have the cooperation of the King family. Mm. Apparently that's a big drawn out thing where the King family has been for years trying to get get their version of a biopic made and they hold the rights. So they, they didn't, they didn't give any rights to this. Did they paraphrase his speeches? Yes. Oh, gross. I was wondering that because one of the things I did notice was that you know, like any modern Hollywood film, because this is a Hollywood film produced by Oprah and Brad Pitt. Uh, oh, Brad Pitt again. Yeah. Didn't know that. It was his company. Um, it, the, Selma isn't going to win Best Picture, but if it did, he would get two Best Picture Oscars in a row. Because he was correct. a producer on 12 Years of Slate. Correct. Um, and I love what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I love that he's giving these uh, stories a voice. I love that he wasn't in this movie like he was in 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, why wasn't he uh, George Wallace? Yeah. He could have been. Because he would have had to be Lyndon Johnson. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Because in 12 Years a Slave, he was the savior that showed up, and right. he's not old enough to play Lyndon Johnson. Uh-huh. So that's why he wasn't in the movie. Um, but still, he's doing good work. But I will say the one thing I did notice is that when, when Dr. King was giving some speeches and out of the maybe four speeches he gave in the film, uh, three of them were in a church. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you from reading Dr. King, he he's a Christian minister. Right. Um, there's, I mean, you can't go three or four sentences mm-hmm. without God, Jesus, and a scripture. Yeah. Um, so I did notice that, and I was like, wow, this sounds like... 
And now, it, it sounded like a political speech. Right. But he did do that, and yeah. they were really good. Yes. Um, I, I, I keep talking to people about a speech that I read, honestly, because of Ferguson. Uh, it's called, uh, 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 see, I'm really bad at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where Are We Now? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, oh boy, mm-hmm. check out that speech mm-hmm. and uh, let it speak to you right now. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating. But, I mean, he did know government. He knew legislature. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about that. But um, the one thing is that his his faith was fully integrated in his um, sociological goals. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They do do that in the film. He prays a little bit, you know, uh, but... When the speeches, I did think that. I'm like, is this really what he did? Yeah, they had to. Because there's not a lot of God in here. They literally had to take the speech and just sub out verbs and nouns. So it was almost like the, the Bible version called The Message. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's a paraphrased, like, today's language Bible. Ah. Yes. A lot of people don't like it. They're... A lot of scholars don't like it. It, 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 is, it is great to get a point across, for sure. It's a good... Uh, illustration to maybe young people mm-hmm. or people that aren't as educated uh mm-hmm. it works at as like a and know, here it's pretty easy narrative there's there's a speech you just saw it so you might remember better than i would there's a speech he's giving uh in a church he's he's explaining why they have to act now at a funeral Yes, at mm-hmm. the funeral of the of the young man who was killed by the police. And there's a do you remember there's a key phrase that's repeated and repeated in that speech uh, in the movie? Yes. Uh whatever it is, it's three words and they literally had to, you know, I don't know what the phrase was. Change the diction of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean if if the phrase was um uh we must act now. It right. wasn't that. But they had to go in and say it now he needs to say we need to act today. Huh. You know, uh, as close to the exact meaning, just with different words, because That's they couldn't get the rights. And well, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, you know, part of the reason there is those texts are copyrighted material. His family owns the copyright sure, on those he, texts. He wrote them, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm hearing this, and I'm thinking in a. In a historical context, well, aren't a, you allowed to use words that were spoken in a historical context? I mean, you'd think. Uh, yeah, I guess they're taking his his speeches as his own personal writings, like his. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, but I can say from other biopics, we've seen this happen. We just I was very upset that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Freddie Mercury in mm-hmm. the Queen film, but they didn't want to talk anything about his homosexuality and his drug problems because it would tarnish his image. Well, we all know. You know, and it's very uh, widely known that Martin Luther King might have had some girlfriends. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, and that's were, that's in Selma. Yes. And yeah. Well, I'm just give, pointing that out. Right. Is saying there are probably certain things that the family <clears throat> didn't want in there. The fam, the family, especially wants maybe the very clean version. Doctor yeah. King's and I mean, Coretta's still alive, right? Yes. I mean, so you know. Who knows what they might have cut out him with a girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the original script may have, may have looked like. Yeah, but um, does so does that change? Uh, does that change? You know, hurt it for you? Does the fact that no. the words you just heard weren't the words? I mean, I, I think that in a lesser movie it might. Right. 
You know, for a long time they were talking about doing a Jimi Hendrix biopic, but couldn't get the rights. I know. So they were only going to be able to use They're covers. doing it. They're still doing it. Yeah. They're still... I this, saw, is the, this is the thing where I they can't get the... I saw a minute and a half clip of it. They can't get the rights to original composition, so it just has to be Hey Joe and All Along the Watchtower and covers the whole movie. I don't know. That'd I think that's bad. insane. Yes. That would be very bad. Uh, how, did, uh, how did Get On Up work? James Brown's. That was good. I mean, like in, music, in terms everything. of music. Oh yeah, they had everything. And well, I also, I think th- that everybody that James Brown knows knows that he was an asshole. Yeah, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's like, there's no one left in the world that's like. like if, I bet he was a nice young man. If James nope. Brown's grandmother held his estate, he'd be like, "Oh, that ass, he's an asshole." Go ahead, tell him. No, that. Oh, you, 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 you haven't watched that yet. No. Oh no, I you haven't. Have it's it starts with him. Uh, like shooting Punching a, sh- a baby sh- Shooting a shotgun Through the ceiling At a business seminar I love it Just for the hell of it I love it be- Because they're like w- You know You know And I talked about this But it was on a bonus episode So maybe Y'all didn't hear it uh, I love this so much Chadwick Boseman Who plays uh, uh, James Brown Yeah Who played uh, um, Jackie, Jackie Robinson, Robinson Last mm-hmm. year Does a great job Has the face has yeah, the, the the speech pattern has the dance moves, which is insane. Love it. Um, but they don't make him sing; they just play the James Brown song, and he lip syncs, which is well, so much better. Because really? you, because you can. Jamie Foxx did it. Jamie Foxx. Well, some of it. Jamie Foxx did some of it. Right. And that is an exception, I think, because Jamie Foxx could get right on Ray Charles' voice. Oh, I, yeah. I he, just, he's, he was, he's an ama- I mean, he's an amazing artist. I just watched most of Walk the Line, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah, um, very good movie. Uh, but I'm, uh, Johnny Cash is all I'm thinking about right now because we were just in Nashville. I like country now, so that's, <laughs> that's the world I'm living in. Do you? Um, well, the, the, the old na- country. Nashville country and old country. Right, I got you. It was a whole week of going, why doesn't the radio sound like this? Hmm, you know? Right. Anyway, like, watch it. Wa- you know how much I like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I think he's, he's one of the best. He's amazing. Bar none. And he comes close to kind of sounding like Johnny Cash. Yeah. But I can come close to kind of sounding <laughs> like Johnny Cash if I try. Get me a karaoke night. It's. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's a movie, just play the song. Right. I don't need to, I'll understand it better if I hear James Brown, if I hear Johnny Cash, right. than if I hear someone who sounds a little bit like it. Right. I don't know what this has to do with Selma anymore. I'm but a little bit uncomfortable, or whatever. Uh, oh, but here's what I was going to say about that. A little predictable. In a lesser, uh, in a lesser movie, maybe not having the real words would have bothered me, but this movie was so good that it didn't matter, and the performance... My God! Let's get into that, David Oyelowo. He, um, I mean, I I think I preemptively spoke was like I think he might win Best Actor, and then I remembered Michael Keaton. People are saying this is the best, the best Best Actor class in year in years, if not ever. Michael Keaton, David Oyelowo. Uh, uh, we've talked about Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, yeah. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game. Uh, nobody's even talking about Matthew McConaughey anymore. Right. When we walked out of Interstellar, we said that's the best actor. Yeah, there. right. Tom Hardy in Locke. I mean, there are so many. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's good. You want to? Well, uh, extra butters about Locke. We'll get back to that. But anyway, um, 
I mean, David Oyelowo is a, a, a character actor that you've seen before. Yeah. He's always been good. <laughs> this is not just a great interpretation of Dr. King. This is a moving performance. Oh, I and, and I, the first thing I said to you was that uh, a lot of what came through to me was that his just his silent acting. I mean, through the uh, the whole film, you he gave gave us everything that Dr. King was feeling and thinking through his face. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. King was in like pain it seemed like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't imagine. Mhm. Like leading this movement yeah. and having all that on your shoulders. Yeah. You at, at, at what age? Thirty. I mean, he was killed at thirty-eight, thirty-nine. So what is this? Thirty-five, so four years before, three years before that. I mean, he was thirty-five, thirties. How old are you right now? Thirty-three. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not leading a race of people to Washington. I that I mean. That's what I thought of too, and I was yeah. just, I, I was just like, wow. I mean, he did it, man. His eyes, I mean, his his eyes and face told a story, a whole nother story that I think we only touched on with the relationship with his wife. Yes, and uh, but I mean, he was, he took a toll, and the job of you know having to play the character and 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 be this person at the base level, but then to carry all this weight and mm-hmm. all this pain and all this uh, struggle and uncertainty while looking like you're not well because that's, that's the thing he he couldn't falter he couldn't he had to be strong and had to be a leader at all times so david oyelowo has to somehow convey to the audience I'm under a lot of stress it. here, but I can't show anybody. He did it. He did it. That's and, unbelievable. And I and I'd say that too. That maybe comes from Dr. King being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Is that you have to, you know, uh, be all things to all men. That's mm-hmm. scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're when you're kind of faced with something, and uh, you know, he really did that because when it was time for him to turn it on, he was like, you know what, this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. So I got to do my thing. I got to do what I was called to do. And he put, you know, his personal kind of struggles aside. And that's what makes him a great statesman, a great leader. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, it's one of those roles that, you know, when I vote on Monday, I'm probably not going to write his name down. But anything that he wins, I'm going to be happy I'm, about. I'm also, I mean, he's phenomenal. Well, I'm not because I really want Michael Keaton to win everything. So do I. But, but uh, let me ask you this. If we weren't from Pittsburgh... And big Batman and Beetlejuice fans, <laughs> would you say Michael Keaton was great, but David Oyelowo needs to win? Um, you know what? I never, I never really thought of that. It's it's so hard because I'm rooting for Michael Keaton so much. I do think and I've honestly, seen Birdman three times now. I think that performance is mind blowing and perfect. Yeah, but uh, I really the Pittsburgh thing never really came into my head. Oh, I've been thinking it the whole way. Huh. I, I I just you know, but uh, you know. Well, you if, are if Billy you are, were nominated. You are at Sean Collier PGH on Twitter. I'm still going to get that Pittsburgh tattoo. That's still going to happen. My Twitter is at Aaron Claver Worldwide International. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just my name. I'm kidding. I'm still trying to figure. Can I can I talk to you about URLs for a moment? <laughs> okay. Uh, Sidebar, guys. W- Who owns www.drmartinlutherking.com? No, go ahead. I can't get SeanCollier.com. Right. Uh, and here's why. I'm, 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 I'm going to go there. I know why. 
very, very sad. Uh, Sean Collier is also the name of the MIT police officer who was killed by, uh, uh, I, I guess we have to say allegedly, killed by the Boston bombing suspects. Right. His name was also Sean Collier. Mm-hmm. This has led to some weird things for me, <laughs> including uh, my personal favorite was a guy on YouTube who thought I was that guy living incognito as a comic in Pittsburgh. Did I tell you about like that? Part, yeah, you did. This, you did the, tell me about the, that. The, the, like it's a conspiracy. This guy thought the yeah. part of the conspiracy was that um, the uh, Sean Collier, the late Sean Collier in Boston, didn't die. They moved him to Pittsburgh and changed his face, but not his name. And made him a semi-famous right, stand-up and, and, comedian. And made him very visible. <laughs> Great theory. But uh, it's uh, the best. SeanCollier.com was bought not for a tribute purpose, but by another oh, conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist, by, he did tell me that. By like a, 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 you know, like a 9-11 denialist. Yeah. I guess Boston bombing denial is a thing now, so too. So there's probably yeah. a lot of comedy fans that think that you're goes, insane. Yes. <laughs> and the, the, the dude, the, 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 the officer in Boston isn't even mentioned on the site. Dude just bought every URL with a phrase relating to the bombing oh. and directed it back to his conspiracy site. That's insane. Uh, so I can't get SeanCollier.com. I don't know what to do. And I don't want to be SeanCollierPGH.com because that is regional. I think, I think you should buy www.BostonBombing.com and yeah. make it a movie reviews. Yeah. Screw them. I'm still trying to get popcorn for dinner. Where I, I might, I, somebody owns that. I might. That's a good one. I think SeanCollierTalks.com. Is that good? It encaps. I'm talking now. I talk on the stage. Writing is kind of talking. You, you write. But yeah, but that's talking. I don't know. We'll brainstorm. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll later. brainstorm. Uh, we'll get back. I'm really good at sitting on GoDaddy and finding people domains. Yeah, I won't, but what the hell would it be? It's, it can't be comedy because I do other stuff. It can't be movies because I do comedy. Guys, it if can, you have an if idea. If you have a URL for me, put it on our Facebook page. Yes. Handle the Truth Podcast. Film review podcast or whatever it is. You can't handle the truth. Colon film review podcast on Facebook. Was that my fault? I don't know, but it's but it is facebook.com slash handle the truth podcast. There you go. There you go. That's a URL. That write it on our Facebook page. Give Sean some uh, Earls. Oh God, some Duke of Earls. I need I need something I need something tasty. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to oh and before we move on talking about the cast the the actress uh, that played Coretta uh, oh. was. Excellent. As I well. I have to say first and just be uh, she, she, her as Coretta Scott. She is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Like I saw her all dressed up and I was smitten. Mm-hmm. She is gorgeous. Now Coretta Scott King at that time was, it was gorgeous. Yes, very beautiful. Mm. I mean this uh, Carmen El El Jogo El Jogo. It's E G E J O G O. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, whatever. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, there's no pronunciation on anything. Um, she's just absolutely gorgeous. And so, anyway, uh, let me get. She my... was in the Purge Anarchy. Yeah, she she had a pretty big come up, but in the second well, half. Well, Yellow this year. was in tons of stuff. He was in Interstellar. No, he was the Doctor, dude. No, he wasn't, dude. You're 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 getting it wrong, bro. Oh my God, you're right, bro. I knew that immediately when I saw it cast. I was like, oh my god, that's the dude from Interstellar. 
He's the English no. doctor from Interstellar. That's the same guy. No, he isn't. Look He's, at it. He was the school principal in Interstellar. You were right that he was in Interstellar. Shut up, Sean. But you still got the wrong black dude. Oh, uh, that's... Oh, uh, I just lost a couple of points on my black card. It's all right. Oh, uh, that's you, you got worst. a lot of them. You got a lot of them. Oh, that's the worst. That's all right. Broken glass everywhere. And if it ain't about money, Puff, I just don't care. We'll I got get, one we'll, back. We'll, we'll, we'll get Norlex on to Son of a, later. I feel, oh, what's the, what, give, give him credit. What's, what's, the, what's the, uh, the actor in Interstellar that we're talking about is... Uh, <laughs> see, I, I feel like know. such a piece of shit. It happened. I almost did it last week with something else. I thought I thought that Doctor in Interstellar was uh, the the David uh, Gyasi was. I thought, the it, was actor the, I thought it was the about. Butler from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, David Gyasi was in Interstellar. So his year, by the way, uh, Selma, Interstellar, and a most violent year. Yeah. Which is still coming up. Not bad. Uh, excellent in that as well. He he is. I have to watch that. Uh, he is so good uh, in in this movie, as we've already discussed. Yeah. Carmen is as well. Tim Roth. Tim Roth, phenomenal. George Wilkinson. I mean, Tom Wilkinson. George mm-hmm. Walt. What? Tom Wilkinson. See, I'm mixing up old white guys too. So yeah. See. Get off. See. Me. You know what? You know what? Uh, uh, look, none of us can tell Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman apart either. I so. Can. Did you listen to Douglas' movies last week? No. Okay. I I thought this was really hard, and I want you to do better than I did. Okay. They did the Last Man Stanton game. Yeah. Which is name as many movies as you can think right. of with an actor on Bill I've, on Bill Pullman. I had nothing. I just want to let you know that I'm two out of three champion on Douglas' movies. Two time so. champion. So. Uh, Come up with Bill Pullman movies. I came up with The Grudge and Independence Day. And and the one scary movie that parodied The Grudge and he did the that. The American too. President. Okay. Uh um I don't know. Yeah. He's famous, we all know him, but we can't think of anything he was in. And uh, everyone on the panel forgot the one that I forgot and you forgot. Which is Spaceballs. We probably should, probably should have had that one. You're right. And, yeah, I didn't have it either. I just I watched that movie last year. That is crazy. Flew out of my, I just think about John Candy and Rick Moranis. I don't. He was good in Spaceballs. I don't he think about solid. him. I think about John Candy and yeah. Rick Moranis. That's it. Well, uh, so where are we at right now? So we're going to rate Selma later. I think you probably know where we're going with that. A little extra butter because it came up. Um, we've never really talked about Locke. It was in my top something. It was in my top 20. I don't you, want to you, talk about it too long. You just watched it? I just watched it, yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, a very interesting take. Uh, you know, a whole movie taking place on a drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was very good. I do not think... You know, when we talk... Let's just pull in Selma and Oyelowo real quick. You know, watching his pain on his face, I don't think Tom Hardy was good at that to be honest hmm. no, uh, I thought he was a, I thought for what was going on in his life uh, he was a little too cold and not um, yeah the premise of Locke is uh, dude is like a, a straight arrow you know yeah. good at work good family man one drunken night he uh, was he spoiling a, the whole movie no that's the premise oh, okay. one drunken night he slept with a, a co-worker 
uh, and now she's pregnant, and she's about to give birth. And she told him she was pregnant, like, after eight months. Right. <laughs> so he... <laughs> oh. So he has to... He feels, you know, kind of honor-bound right. to at least be there with her. Right. But it comes at the worst possible time where he knows... He is going to have to confess to his family and lose, and, his, job and lose his job to be there with her. Right. Um, and the entire movie is a 90-minute car ride yeah. from wherever he lives in England to wherever she is. A lot is. of Bluetooth phone calls. Yeah, him on the phone. And like I said, um, I thought it was a great idea. I feel like there are a handful of actors that could have done so much better with that. You might be right. I think he's too cold. I, I yeah. Well, what I what I saw and I, in the and I understand his his character is very calculated and matter of fact. But what I saw what I saw was he has already gone through the emotional ringer before the movie begins, and now he's resigned. Nope, and has no, no, nobody left. wants to see that. No, yeah. no, you want to see characters go through a range of emotions. Yeah, I mean, he is... That's the interesting thing. That's where I liked it a lot more. I felt like his role was more the storyteller in that. Hmm. Since the entire thing was there with him in the car, his job was just to be the whole movie and just tell you and just sound it all out. And I really dug that and and think it was one of the best performances of the year. But is it... Eh. Is it... David Oyelowo or, no, or don't even any it. of the other ones we're talking about. It. No. But uh, I, I'd I, certainly I, recommend it. I think people should watch it. Uh, sure. <laughs> Netflix pick? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Check it out. I liked it. You have to uh, be in a certain mood. Yeah. A very... I watched it at like midnight. Fading, fading in and out a little bit? No. Uh, no. Uh, I, I stuck with it. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I was very awake. Yeah. It's a mellow movie. Yeah, and and now that I'm saying that, you know, you might have a point because that shouldn't be so mellow. What do I know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get out of here. I I want to recommend something right before we get out of here, and I'm recommending it even though I haven't finished it yet. I was in the middle of it today and had to leave. Uh, the documentary, uh, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Have you heard about this? I've heard about you it. You know the director Alejandro Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky yes. who did El Topo and the Holy Mountain and all those. Heard of it batshit crazy 60s trippy Her, movies yes. he wanted to make dune that yeah, right before david lynch did right and spent years putting together the most incredible lineup of artists and visionaries and talent this movie was going to have orson wells and mick jagger and oh and, i've heard and, that and salvador dali was a character in the movie i've heard of that and he he said wait there's a documentary about this the do- well oh i'm in the, the what happened is the movie never got made of course and the documentary is about him working on it for years and it not getting made. That's kind of like uh, Terry Gilliam's uh, yeah. Man of La Mancha. A lot like that. Yeah. But it, this, this goes to another level because his, he keeps saying, I wanted to make a movie that would change everyone's mind and change the world and be the most important movie that had ever been made. One of the first things he said is... Dune. Dune. One of the first <laughs> things he says is, I wanted to make a movie that would cause the same effects as taking LSD without taking LSD. Well, there's plenty of movies like that. You know, you get in the right mood. Yeah, sure. Hairspray will do that to you. I'm sure. Not not hairspray. Uh, But John Waters Week is coming up at Row House. Hey. That's going to be fun. I'd like to check out a couple of those. do something there. Let's rate Selma and go home because we're sleepy and cold. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, This... 
isn't a big surprise. I think I said it last week. I gave four tens out of now 123 movies. Wow. And Selma's one of them. Um, do I have a rating system? I don't remember anymore. No, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. I would suggest everybody watch it. If, if you're going to 10, is it a 10? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think everybody should watch this. Yeah. I think they should show this in high schools. Yes. Um, I, I think if uh, someone emailed us and said, keep talking about um, what age of children movies are appropriate for. Well, there you useful. go. I, I, I think that a lot of movies like this, I would say, well, you have to be 16. But because this is so important yes. and such an important part of history, I think if you have a mature 10 or 11-year-old, they should see this movie. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would let my daughter in middle school watch this movie. Yeah. Because I trust that she's smart enough to handle this. And in terms of grown-ups, um, this is a, this is a, should a, a required viewing kind of thing. I, I agree. Even more than some of the movies we have higher on our lists, which are great, but it's not like... Oh my God! Every American needs to see this movie, Selma. You you should, should watch. This. You should not let yourself miss this movie. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, good times. And next week we'll be back. I don't know <laughs> what the hell comes out next. Uh, yeah. It might be. Um, we're gonna have an episode next Friday. It might be a retro episode. It might be something I'm not remembering. We might end up doing a similar thing to what we're doing now about American Sniper, because that mm. expands next week. I've already right. seen it. You haven't. Might be American Sniper, but you know what? It'll be something good. Yeah. It'll be a good episode. Um, Got anything else to plug? We well, uh, I tell beginning. you what. I, uh, this is one of the first times I'm giving a little leak mm-hmm. on uh, my Watch It For You for January mm-hmm. will actually be... Uh, my top ten films of 2014. Yeah, I will. I'm going to try to give you about 30 to 40 seconds on the top ten films that uh, we talked about. In Where's our your podcast. top ten? You got that up right there. Uh huh. Because so some of those are going to be easier than others. Birdman, you're going to have an easy time. Interstellar, going to have an easy time. Selma, Godzilla, a blast. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, fun. Guardians of the Galaxy, fun. Fury, sad. Snowpiercer, fun. Under the Skin. Might get a little weird. That'll get uh, that'll get freaky. And uh, number you have to get naked. No, number and... ten. Number ten is is under the skin now because Gone Girl's gone, which is great because I was starting to like think about what I would do, and I'm like, well, I can't do Gone Girl without giving away the entire movie. But but what for under the skin? You're gonna take your clothes off and look at yourself in the mirror for a while, or I just or or. This, I wish. Oh no, no. This is if it weren't ten. If it weren't. If it were like seven, you could do this. Just, just put it on the the, the frame. Ten under the skin, and just sit in silence. And for I will 40 tell you seconds. what. Since I have five movies that were tied for ten, mm-hmm. uh, usually uh, Dustin and I, who who directs and edits them, mm-hmm. puts a little uh, after credits. Yeah. I will do a special number eleven. <laughs> After the credits. <laughs> Three seconds of Gone Girl. Nope. No, nope. it's not going to be Gone Girl. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Good times. I just looked at it. Oh, what's it going to be? Uh, Foxcatcher, Whiplash, or Babadook? I think I know which one it's going to be. I don't know. Uh, All right, anyway. We're not going to do it right now. All right. Uh, well, well, don't do that. Uh, take take us home. You, 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 you teased it, so give us a little bit of, I'm going to say, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I don't remember it. Okay. Uh, 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 Snowpiercer. <laughs> okay. I don't remember uh, it. Birdman. Birdman. I, I just hear drums. I just hear drums. Uh, Interstellar. I, 
this, you're not picking Did any of them. Did you write any of them? No, I don't write it. It's, Did I, you write Gone Girl? Nope. What? I just thought about it. Gone Girl is just like, uh, what? I didn't, um, like, I, like, I, like, didn't kill my wife. So, like, uh, can I get a coffee? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of You Can't Handle the Crew. Honest reviews of the newest movies. Your hosts were Sean Collier and Aaron Kleiber, and this episode was recorded outside the theater right after the screening. You can find Sean at Pittsburgh Magazine, and on Twitter and Facebook, he's at Sean Collier PGH. Aaron can be found at AaronKleiber.com, that's K-L-E-I-B-E-R. And on Twitter and Facebook, he's at Aaron Kleiber. I'm producer Zach Simons, and you can find me on my own show, Writing on the Floor, covering arts, entertainment, and culture at writingonthefloor.com. The theme song to the show is Total Breakdown by the band Brad Sucks. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more honest reviews of the newest movies on You Can't Handle the Truth. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.